Welcome to Puritans Read, where we read aloud great Puritan works, authors, and biographies. Today, episode 33 of The Christian's Daily Walk by Henry Scudder. Secondly, when the soul begins to be disquieted, consider how unworthy you are of any blessing, how worthy you are of all God's curses, yea, of eternal damnation in hell, and that justly because of the sins of your nature, of your heart, and of your life. When you do thus, your heart will be quiet and contented. You will say with the church, whatsoever your trouble be, I will bear the indignation of the Lord, for I have sinned against him. Micah 7, 9. He who acknowledges that he has deserved to be hanged, drawn, and quartered for an offense against the king, if the king will be so merciful that he shall escape only with a severe whipping to remember him of his disloyalty, Though he smart terribly with those lashes, yet in his mind he can bear them patiently and submissively if you think thus. I deserve more punishment in this kind, nay, in any other more grievous than this. My punishment is less than mine iniquities deserve. Ezra 9.13 For I might have been long since despairing, in torments, and past all means and hope of salvation. But I live and have time and means to make a good use of my afflictions. These thoughts will cause you to say, Why do I, who am a living man, complain for the punishment of my sin? Lamentations 3.39 Which is so much lighter than my desert. And you will say, with the church, in all your distresses. It is God's mercy. It is not worse. It is God's mercy. I am not utterly consumed. Lamentations 3, 19 through 22. Thirdly, when your soul begins to be impatient under afflictions, whether in soul, body, or estate, Consider the nature and use of them. To the eye of sense, they are evil as poison, hurtful and dangerous. Hebrews twelve eleven. But to the eye of faith, they are good and useful as physic, most helpful to the soul and saving. Second Corinthians four sixteen to eighteen. God. The skillful physician has quite altered the nature of crosses to his children. He that brings light out of darkness so orders afflictions that they become good antidotes and preservatives against sin and good purgatives of sin. Isaiah 27.9 The sting and curse of the cross which remains to the wicked, is by Christ's patient suffering and God's mercy 
taken quite away out of the afflictions of believers. Afflictions to the godly are not properly punishments serving to pacify God's wrath for sin, but are only chastisements to remove sin and are exercises of graces and means of holiness. For they serve either to prevent evil or to reform it, either to prepare way for grace, to quicken and increase grace, or to discover and give proof of it. God is a wise and skillful refiner. He knows how to purge his gold by casting it into the fire of affliction. 1 Peter 1.7 Which fire is not the same to the dross that it is to the gold. It consumes the dross but refines the gold that it may be fit to be made a vessel of honor. Fire serves to try gold as well as to purge it, for pure gold, though it remain in the fire many days, the fire cannot waste it. When it is once pure, it will hold its weight still for all the burning. Hence it is that the psalmist saith, It is good for me that I have been afflicted, that I might learn thy statutes, Psalm 119, 67, 71. And the apostle saith, All things work together for good to them that love God. Romans 8, 28. He is a froward and foolish person who, being sick of a deadly disease, does not patiently and cheerfully bear the gripings and sickness of stomach when he knows this sickness caused by bitter physic, is for his health. You will say, if you could find that your afflictions did you any good, you should not only be patient, but cheerful under them. I answer, whatsoever you feel, faith in God's word will tell you that they now do you good, and hereafter you shall feel the benefit of it. The benefit of physic is not always felt the day you take it, but chiefly when the physic has done working. The chief end why God tries and purges you by afflictions is that he may humble you and prove you to do you good at your latter end. Deuteronomy eight, fifteen, sixteen. You should therefore be patient in the meantime. Fourthly, if yet your heart remains disquieted because of your affliction, consider with yourself what harm impatience will do you compared with the good that will follow a patient enduring of it. For besides that it deprives you of your right understanding and makes you to forget yourself, as I have said, even to forget your duty both to God and man. It is the readiest means to double and lengthen the affliction, not to abate it and take it off. The parent 
who intended to give a child but light correction, if he be impatient and rebellious under it, is hereby more incensed and does punish him more severely. But if in any affliction you do patiently submit yourself under God's mighty hand, 1 Peter 5, 6, besides the ease and quiet it gives to the soul and experience and hope which it produces in you, it is the readiest means of seasonable deliverance out of it, for then God will exalt you in due time. God is wise and too strong to be overcome by any means, but by fervent prayer and humble submission to his will. Hosea 12.4 Fifthly, if yet your mind be disquieted within you at any crosses, that you may quiet your soul, you must not, as most do, only consider the weight and number of your crosses together with their several aggravations, but withal seriously think upon the manifold mercies and favors of God, both in the evils you have escaped and in the benefits which you have received and do now enjoy and which, through Christ, you have cause to hope to receive hereafter. But amongst all his mercies, forget not this one, which you have already. God has given Christ unto you, whereby he himself is yours as your all-sufficient portion. Now, if you have Christ, you have with him all things also which are worth the having. Romans eight, thirty-two. When you have thus weighed impartially blessings and mercies against crosses, you will tell me that for one cross you have a hundred blessings. Yea, a blessing in your crosses, Psalm 119.71. And you will say that this one mercy of being in Christ alone weighs up all crosses and makes them as light as nothing, giving you so much matter of joy and thankfulness, even in the midst of affliction, that you can neither have cause nor time to be impatient or to repine at any affliction, but to rejoice even in your tribulations. Romans 5, 1 through 3. And as for the time to come, when you think upon all your crosses and sufferings of this present time, yet reckon that they are not worthy to be compared with the glory that shall be revealed in you. Romans eight, eighteen. For they are but short for time and light for weight, being compared with the everlasting weight of glory which they will work for you if you endure them patiently. I will say nothing of the shortness and lightness of your afflictions 
in comparison of the far more intolerable and eternal weight of torments in hell, which you escape. And in comparing afflictions with glory, I will point out to you only the apostles' gradation. You shall have, for affliction, glory. 2 Corinthians 4.17 For light affliction, weight of glory. For short affliction, an eternal glory. For common and ordinary affliction, excellent glory. And although it might be thought that he had said enough, yet he adds degrees of comparison, yea, goes beyond all degrees, calling it more excellent, far more excellent. For thus he saith, Our light affliction, which is but for a moment, works for us a far more excellent and eternal weight of glory. Indeed, you must not look at the things which are seen with the eye of sense, Second Corinthians 4.18, but at things which are not seen, which are spiritual and eternal, seen only by the eye of faith. You will say, if you did but bear afflictions for Christ, then you could rejoice in hope. But you oft-times suffer afflictions justly for your sin. I answer, though this place principally points to suffering for Christ's cause, yet it is all one in your case. If you bear afflictions patiently for his sake, a man may suffer afflictions for Christ two ways. First, when he suffers for his religion and for his cause. Secondly, when a man suffers anything which God lays upon him quietly for Christ's will and commandment's sake. This latter is more general than the former, and the former must be comprehended in this latter. Else, the former suffering for Christ's cause, if it be not in love and obedience, 1 Corinthians 8.3, and for Christ's sake, out of conscience, to fulfill his will is nothing. Whereas he that endures patiently God's just punishment for sin, for Christ's sake, endeavoring to submit his will to the will of Christ. This man suffers, that is, patiently endures affliction for Christ, though he never suffer for profession of Christ. And if such an one were put to it, he would readily suffer for Christ's cause. And such afflictions as these, thus patiently endured, work also this excellent weight of glory, as well as the other. This concludes episode 33 of Henry Scudder's The Christian's Daily Walk.